What's up, you guys? Welcome to the November 22nd edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready to break down some midweek waiver wire pickups, some recent recaps from games that we've seen that have a lot of takeaways, and some injuries. So yeah, let's get to it. I'm, I'm rolling solo today. Watched my maximizing Alphanus video and, and feeling real strong, so I'm just kidding. But um, Silicon Valley, best show ever. Anyways, um, so yeah, let's just hop into this thing. And I guess let's leave with the Vooch injury. That's really the big story of the week. And um, a couple different things. So we heard he's out officially for sure. Seven to ten days he'll be reevaluated. But Sham Sharania said that it could be four weeks if you saw that ankle injury. It looked pretty bad, so... Um, really, I mean, when you saw it, you figured it was going to be at least a couple, kind of a la Miles Turner. So uh, I think that's kind of the benchmark. Obviously, all injuries are different. But yeah, um, for sure, you're benching Vooch next week. And then you're probably benching him the week after that. Uh, and then maybe he could be back. So um, obviously, the first question, pickups. Uh, I picked up Cam Birch wherever I could. Uh, I think he's going to be the guy who benefits the most. We've seen... Mo Bamba, who's a talented dude, obviously with the nearly eight-foot wingspans, uh, expand his range. Uh, had some bright spots in summer league, but he's still severely limited. Uh, we know when you first get these stress reaction lower leg injuries, there's a pretty decent chance, especially the first go-round right after it, that it can um, refracture slash restress. You know, Bradley Beal is obviously... Um, and Drew Holiday are two examples of that, but they're obviously better now, so uh, they don't want to have that in their hands. And obviously, Bamba being so much taller um, makes them more risky as well in that regard. So you would think it's probably going to be 28-20 split, I guess. Um, again, he has, hasn't played more than 16 minutes, but he hasn't had to. So um, I, I think Birch just has the higher upside. Um, you know, pretty good numbers. Shoots the ball okay for a big man. Um, pretty good rim runner, fence paint, not the best block rate like Bamba can have, but I uh, definitely think he's going to be real solid. Uh, I think he's going to be pretty close to top 100 uh, while Vooch is out. So, um, yeah, I was very lucky to run to the waiver wire at him in my 30-man. But, yeah, I think he's 12-team viable um, in the Rotor World League, which I'm in first, and I still drop Dragic um, just because I want to get a little cushion um, for Birch. So I, I would pretty much call him must-add. Um, if you need a big man, uh, my, my, my Rotor World team, by the way, is just ridiculously guard loaded. Um, so I needed a big man and again, you know, tough competitive leagues, you know, even if you're doing well, um, you got to help yourself and, and really, I'd, I'd rather be doing well really earlier in the year. And then when it's kind of almost playoff time, I could stash and be more aggressive there. Um, so yeah, again, take your, don't be too, don't stash too long. That's kind of what I'm saying. So yeah, again, Bomba kind of. Summed it up mostly. It's just the lack of playing time is why I'm not running to get him. Um, but he's been, you know, at 13.4 minutes per game. Hasn't even been that great either. Um, you're talking four points, four boards, 1.0 blocks. That's where he's going to have value. So it's probably a guy who's going to have, you know, 1.7 blocks, I think, is doable if he's going to get 20 minutes a game, which makes him worth owning. But I just think that the extra minutes going to Birch makes him the guy. Uh, so the other takeaways here, don't forget Aaron Gordon is also pretty much out for the weekend. His ankle injury wasn't nearly as bad. Did play through it. Um, by the way, right ankle injuries, man? What's with this? Um, <laughs> Isaac with the wackest injury of the season, getting hurt in a jersey unveiling. I, I will never like those orange Orlando Magic uh, City jerseys. I, I, I call them the S edition jerseys <laughs> for what they did to Isaac on that rollout. But anyways, um, yeah, so he's hurt too, so... Uh, I, if, after those two guys, I definitely would consider Al Aminu kind of a, you know, steals blocks and threes kind of a guy. Um, 
I expect his usage to go up. Um, they're going to need to play him more too. Actually, he kind of gets it from both the smalls and the bigs. Because if you remember, last weekend, they were kind of dialing him back. He didn't check in until like mid-second because they were going so much smaller. They were running with um, Terrence Ross as more of a three than a two with Fournier and with Michael Carter-Williams kind of sliding into that two spot. So MCW is now out as well. So again, he kind of gets it twofold. Um, Alfred Amino with more minutes with all these guys going down. And then actually you make it threefold uh, because Jonathan Isaac has played 13 minutes at center. And just a quick side note, uh, he has been absurd in those 13 minutes. Um, I think he has like four blocks in that limited time and like he's scoring like a point from like actual point scored per minute. So um, yeah, Jonathan Isaac also a big winner. Glad to see him back. So I, I, he's just going to be smash city, bigger usage rate. You know, you're taking Vooch's going from a highly offensively skilled guy to Birch. Again, I, I like him, but like he's no Vooch as far as caliber of his offensive play and really just having off. He's pretty much just going to be dunks and maybe one dribble posts and things along that line. But um, yeah, again, I do like Birch. So yeah, he's going to be really good. Obviously bumps to Fournier, who's probably, if he's out there, pick him up. Um, possibly more Marco Fultz too. You're having a guy who's more pick and pop versus a guy who's more pick and roll. So, and then also they'll probably use Isaac Moore as a roll man. So I, I think that's going to help him help Fultz uh, having these guys that are more of assist based scorers get him going. So I would expect him to see a little bit of a step forward as well. So yeah, a whole lot to like here, really every which way. Again, Aaron Gordon coming out too. So um, Aminu is going to be really good. Uh, and Terrence Ross, he is like locked in two more minutes. He's going to have to play more minutes now. Uh, we would see at times when he would kind of have a shorter leash coming back into games for the fourth, um, whether it be with Isaac or whatever they're doing. And they're going to probably play faster too. Vooch is, I think, the second slowest player on the team. So um, they're second uh, second worst in pace behind Denver, if I remember. So that's going to help too. So yeah, just so much value right now. Um, if you have any Magic player that you're thinking about adding, um, go for it. I, I wouldn't add DJ Augustine just because I don't really see him really changing much. Um, a guy who's very non-ball dominant. Um, I think he'll kind of acquiesce to what Terrence Ross wants to do. So DFS, you're going to be playing a lot of Terrence Ross and all this and that. Okay, let's move on to the Thursday stuff. Kind of keep that fresh. For those of you that didn't read the midweek waiver wire column, check that out. Uh, came out pretty good. Um, been running pretty hot on those midweek waiver wire pickups. Kimmich Williams, um, kind of balling. Um, I'll talk about him in a second. Actually, let's just start with that now. So, I th- as great as the action was yesterday, I thought the biggest takeaway for me was what J.J. Reddick said after the game to Chris and Ledlow. He was like, they were because they're on a three-game win streak. They had a pretty good game in Phoenix. Really got hot in the second quarter. And Reddick said, oh, yeah, we've been kind of working lineups. Now we found one that works. That is Cambridge Williams. Uh, he said that he's making, quote, winning plays. And it's obvious, like, Cambridge Williams is helping fixing this team. They are vastly improved on defense. I've said, I said this in the column, like, he is just such a better rebounder than some of these other guys. And he just rebounds in different ways. So switchable. Played a lot of five last night, man. And this whole Derek Favors thing, as great as it is for Jackson Hayes, who's definitely a must-pickup, Cambridge Williams is, is is just as good of a pickup, if not maybe even better, man. Like, he does so many things, always has defensive stats, always has, um, you know, hits some threes here and there. He's not going to score a lot, and that's fine, man. You don't need guys to score all the time. Like, I say this all the time. You don't need scoring that bad. It's one category, man. 
Uh, you want guys who are going to produce defensive stats and rebound and do all those things. So, like, I would much, 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 much rather take Cambridge Williams over, say, Carmelo Anthony. It's not even close. And I think Cambridge playing the five is another thing ahead. When Zion, and I said this all along, like, Cambridge Williams is going to play, man. Whether Zion comes back, whether Favors comes back. Oh, is Ingram going to hurt Cambridge Williams? No! <laughs> He's not going to get hurt. Uh, this guy's just really good. He fits this role so, so well. Uh, and then the other takeaways were... Drew Holiday, man, we don't even need to do it anymore. He's not again. He's not going to be triple double, but whatever. But he's going to be elite in steals. He's first in deflections. I think he's top four in steals per game. He's going to be top two or three in steals per game. He blocks. He hits threes. His assists are way up. Nine point three in the last three games. Two of those with Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram dominated last night. Get to him in a second. But Drew Holiday is really, 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 really good, and I don't need to defend him anymore. Okay. Brandon Ingham, amazing. We talked about him a lot, too. Really good on pull-ups. Really good on catch-and-shoot threes. Really good on... Really, really, really good on drives. He's been, you know, elite on that. Um, and just took over late in the game. We 15 points in the fourth. Uh, 1-7 started, but he... Drew Holiday did let Brandon Ingram cook. Um, so, you know, that, that's here that's here nor there. But also, Drew Holiday assisted him, too. So, uh, Ingram's, you know, as great as he's been on drives. He, again, the catch-and-shoot thing is going to really help Drew as well. Because they really want to run, have Drew run the offense. This was the whole plan. Uh, and Drew was aggressive, man. Just really getting into the paint. Love what I'm seeing out of him. J.J. Reddick's red hot. He's going to stick. Hopefully you held on to him. Um, yeah, so the starting five looks really solidified. And we were worried about this, right? Obviously, Josh Hart's going to come back. He's going to come off the bench, I would say. Just because how well J.J. Reddick's quick now. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. And I, I've always kind of... I think I've been the low man on Hart. And this is kind of why. It's because I had too much trust in Cambridge Williams. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I would still probably pick him up if you if you can't afford it. But um, we don't know how long he's going to be out. Don't forget he had that knee thing that kept him in and out of the lineup. Uh, and it's a knee and an ankle injury. So um, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, bench is a little bit risky. So Etwan Moore went off kind of. Um, he's in high 19. I think he's going to fade away. I do think Lonzo Ball definitely sticks in the bench unit. Um, the splits with him and Drew Holiday are pretty clear that Drew's better without Lonzo. And you could even say Lonzo's probably better without Drew. So um, you kind of saw he was, you know, a little bit of overlap, but not too much. So I think that's where it's going to kind of be, where he's going to get, you know, the remaining 12 minutes without Drew out there. And then, you know, six, seven minutes of overlap. I'm sorry, maybe 10 minutes of overlap, uh, depending how well J.J. Reddick's playing and all this and that. But Alonzo, not really a big minute guy, man. He's hurt too much. So I think they're going to kind of keep him in check. Um, that may be one of their biggest lessons is these guys who get hurt a lot aren't going to play minutes. Like, Derek Favors, they were playing him a lot. He got hurt. Um, so that's kind of the moral story there. By the way, I would really try to hold Derek Favors, even though he's out for likely at least two more games. Okay, so that covers them. Let's stick, go to the Suns game. So this got kind of wild late. Mentioned Kendrick Williams at the 5. They went mad small on the Suns late in this game. Uber was playing the 5. Uh, and then they had Mikkel Bridges and Cam Johnson in the front court with Tyler Johnson and Devin Booker was kind of their main closing lineup. So I think the takeaways for me here, and again, much like Hart, even more so, I knew Dario was going to get cooked. Um, and we kind of saw that. And for him to play as poorly as he did in a big spot that he needed to have against with Aaron Baines out and with Rubio out and all these all these guys needed need to step up, he, he's going to get dusted. Uh, so I, I, I'm out on him. Uh, I would swap him out for Cameron Johnson. Cameron Johnson's played pretty well, and we bash him all the time. But as I said on the Monday pod, like, He's going to start playing more. This offense is actually kind of built for how he's going to play with a lot of catch-and-shoot threes and, um, you know, up and down, 
um, possibly getting in, in passing lanes and all this stuff. I don't really know much about him, but uh, I do know he can shoot the lights out, and he has shot the ball great. And especially when Ruby comes out and Baines comes about comes back, uh, comes out of injuries. Excuse me, but yeah, uh, Cameron Johnson look, just looks so good. Uh, Mikel Bridges, he so he is kind of the winner of the Baines thing, which I kind of we kind of thought that. So initially, if you if you backtrack, it was like Baines and Mikel Bridges were the guys that were going to win. Uh, and then whatever about Dario and Frank. So now that Baines is out, it's looking pretty clear they want to get Mikel Bridges out there. He's played really well in the last two games. I don't know if I buy him long-term, but I do know he could steal the ball at an elite level. And again, this offense suits him. This guy can shoot. So, yeah, uh, I like him as a pickup too. 36 minutes. We'll see what happens. He has a back-to-back. So, you know, if you're in a competitive league, add him. He's actually pretty highly owned. A lot of people haven't really... He's been cut in a lot of my leagues. Rotor World League got cut. Uh, auction, a lot of my other deeper competitive leagues with a lot of my colleagues. Um, he was floating around on waivers. And I think I added him in the Rotor World. I added him in some league, and I'm pretty happy with how it's going. So, yeah, add him. Um, I want nothing to do with Czech Diallo. Um, Tyler Johnson played pretty well. Had a really a stat-sluffing line. Uh, two blocks, two steals, five boards. Four assists and a, and a three. Um, although Elliot Kobo was really good off the bench too. So uh, that second quarter was really uh, what kept the Suns in it. Uh, they took over partly because of Okobo. Who's, I mean, if you could somehow magically morph Elliot Kobo and Javon Carter into one player, like they'd be a really good starter in the NBA. But um, obviously you can't do that. So uh, yeah, you're pretty again, like you're pretty much just going to hear like a deep league if you're like, "Oh yeah, Rubio's out." Uh, I would prefer Johnson by the way. Um, but yeah, if you want to stream some assists and some shooting, uh, Okobo could be a guy to look at. So yeah, a whole lot going on there. So this is that was just a tasty fantasy game. Uh, I really wanted to dive in on that. Uh, Portland as well. Again, I I think Carmel was way over owned. Like he's at 50% ownership. Uh, I would seriously probably take 75 guys or more that are under that ownership level. Uh, I'm just not buying it. Um, he, he's kind of at his best opportunity he's going to be all season. Uh, granted, they played well. I mean, without Dame to play as, as well as they did, uh, mad props. But I just don't really see him doing much. Uh, he kind of like waved off CJ McCollum, who was running with the ball, um, running the offense, and playing amazing basketball. Um, CJ kept the minutes. CJ played his best game of the season. Um, so, you know, real weird flow. Doesn't really quite fit the offense. Got Rose. Like, he's just overmatched, man. I mean, there's so many. I mean, Giannis makes anyone look overmatched. But, you know, Melo just had really no standing uh, in the paint. So he's going to have some really bad games when his shot's not on. Uh, I think the really big takeaway from the Blazers is Scalabissier really cooked. Uh, 22 and 12 career-high five block shots uh, against the Bucks. So to do that against the best interior defense in the league really speaks volumes. He's kind of had some bright spots here and there. But yeah, uh, I mean, pick him up. I, I don't really know how you leave him on the wire after that with uh, considering Whiteside didn't go through shoot-around. And as I noted in the blurbs last night, Whiteside had three separate hip issues last year, one of which is really what got him Wally pipped for Bam Adebayo. So, I mean, this guy does not heal quickly. So, yeah, Adlibissier, again, the blocks and the boards and the scoring, this team just no front court depth. And maybe even even he could play himself into maybe a twenty minute role. Maybe he can. He, he played he played some four, you know, earlier in his career. He was kind of coming up as a four with the with the Kings. But um, yeah, um, I think Labissier is really the out of the night uh, last night. Um, even more so than like Cam and Mikel for short term. I'm, I'm talking about like a few guys 
who you're not quite thinking ahead, uh, I think he can kind of help you now. Um, although I would uh, I would prefer Kenrich and um, JJ, obviously, if you're super shallow. But yeah, I thought that was kind of a big takeaway. I still think Nazir Little's playing pretty well. It's just kind of rough for him to really cook with Carmelo in his way. And then Anthony Simons. So it was kind of head-scratching. He didn't start. Uh, did have the injury tag coming in. So it made it seem like he was going to be limited with that ankle injury. It turns out that was right. So hopefully you faded. Uh, it's kind of weird. Like Usually I don't care about bench, but when you're on the injury report, for tip DFS tip, if you're on the injury report, then you should be starting, and you're not. Like That's pretty much bye-bye. You can't really do it. Uh, Bucks didn't really learn much except for Dante DiVincenzo needs more minutes when Chris Middleton comes back. He's just been so, so good. Um, you know, the Bucks elite in pace, um, very three-point dependent. Uh, all this pace is going to help him a lot with the steals. Um, been really good. And that's what we talked about. Um, um, you know, pat myself on the back again. I know a lot of people were talking about others uh, for Bucks pickups, uh, Wes Matthews, but it's been Dante DiVincenzo full on. And again, like almost like Scal, man, this guy may just work his way into minutes. We know he's probably the most talented guy on the roster. Maybe he just takes Wes Matthews' job, man. And this guy's playing too well to leave on the wire in most leagues. So, like I said in the uh, waiver wire, if you got a. Um, you know, if if you have him, you and you have to drop him. You have to be dropping for someone pretty good, uh, and there are a lot of good guys. So, um, yeah. Other than that, uh, content revenge game. It's kind of is what it is. Okay, so I'm gonna kind of change gears here to something. I always like to do some deep dive exploring on why things are kind of going the way that they are. Whether it be guys playing really well like Luca or guys who are not playing well, Conley and this and that. So. Um, I dug a, did a deep dive on Jaron Jackson Jr. today. I know a lot of people are a little frustrated with him. Uh, I don't have any Jaron Jackson, just, just to throw that out there. I went full on BAM. Um, that This is what we talked about all preseason. It's like, what power forward do you take? And I locked in on BAM. Um, make some free throws, buddy. He, he's a 77% shooter after the break, by the way. So, again... Why is JJJ really struggling? Again, anyone who took him early round, I think you'd probably say he's easily, excluding injuries, top three or four most disappointing player per game, maybe even number one. So it's really come down to how poorly he's played with the starters. Uh, That's number one before we get into too deep here. So you look at how he did with uh, Valachunas. Without Valachunas on the floor, 170-minute sample, he's at 25 points per game. Uh, on a 27 usage rate uh, compared to with JV, 14 points. So you're talking 11 points difference and then a 9 usage rate decrease. So uh, it's just usage. And um, the same thing with Morant. Um, 23 points without Morant, 17 with. Um, that is a lot of overlap. So again, that's you have to kind of take those in tandem where JV and Ja and Valachunas are much are, are together, so that's not really too different of a stat because um, there's so much overlap with the 168 minutes with JJJ and the 197 with Morant. So, um, going to Brandon Clark, he has been a beast uh, with Brandon Clark on the court. 28 points per 36, 27 usage rate, block rates up, board rates up. Um, so, yeah, I, I still think that JV being in the mix has really hurt him much more than I thought. Much, much, much more than I thought. Um, so that would be big. I think if, again, Ja is kind of hurting him, I think that that hasn't really materialized the way they want it to yet, or solidified it, or whatever, however you want to slice it. But um, just some other stats. His usage rate is slightly down. And then this is pro- the couple, a couple of scoring stats that struck me that I don't like to see right now are um, he's been assisted on 
of his shots, that's down uh, from 69%. That's not that's not nice. You want to see, um, for as poorly as he's played efficiency-wise, you would expect it to be kind of lower. Um, another thing, talk about the Grizzlies' pace. He has not benefited from that. Uh, he was at 10% points scored in fast break last year. Not bad for a big man. This year, down to 6.0. That has to come up. Uh, and then he's shooting a lot of threes. 35% of his points have scored from three. Uh, he's been wide open, pretty much similar. He's been uh, wide open on 79% of his uh, threes, 75 last year, and then shooting about mid-38s uh, on those wide open threes. But really the biggest thing has been his paint play. He's only shooting 58% at the rim. That's down, way down from 69%. Again, not nice. Uh, and then the volume's way down. This is partly because of JV as well. 31% of his shots are at the rim. That's down from 39%. So these are bad things, man. So And then also, uh, he has a higher foul rate on shooting uh, shooting fouls. His fouls per 36 are actually slightly up. That's bad. You would expect a younger player to get better. Um, and then rebounding, man. Uh, contested rebound percent is down 8%. That's not good. Uh, his rebounding chances in similar playing time are down one per game. Uh, paint touches are down two point. Like it, everything is down. Um, his blocks allowed are up, so he's getting blocked more. Partly because that also kind of reflects his poor shots at the rim. So it, it's really a whole lot of things. And this kind of reminds me of Donovan Mitchell, where last year it was like I would dig in. It's like oh man, yo, everything's so bad. But sometimes cream just rises to the top here. So I'm not totally panicking on JJJ. I would probably rule out uh, that he it finishes as a, as a top third round guy. Uh, just because so many things have to work work in his favor. Um, but I think one thing that would unlock him would be if JV goes down. Um, we know he has that foot injury. Grizzlies are not playing well. JV's not exactly the future. Um, and I just think that the Grizzlies play a lot better when they're, or they at least look a lot better when it's J, uh, JJJ and Brandon Clark. So um, wanted to dig in there. Um, again, I still think he's a, a good buy low candidate. Uh, you're obviously not dropping him. Uh, don't even think about that. But um, yeah. Um, there, there's a lot of ways you could get Jaron Jackson Jr. right now. It obviously depends. I think if someone took him in like round three for the the true JJJ lovers, uh, shout out Jonas. Uh, but uh, like you can't get him that and now in those spots. But if people who because Yahoo had him pretty low, ESPN had him insanely low. So if he went in like fifth or sixth round, you could probably get him pretty cheap, man. So like actually, um, what was it? I think Kendrick Nunn. It was Kendrick Nunn in a throw-in. For Jaron Jackson Jr. went down in the Rotor World League. Um, um, Jonas actually got him. I thought that was a pretty good trade to get Val. I thought it was a good price uh, on that. So uh, I do like none, by the way. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what we learned on Wednesday. Again, I just have so much to talk about. Um, again, check out the midweek waiver wire. If you're in a deep league, like I, I do it for you guys. Like this is for anyone who's in like 16 deep or deeper, or just competitive 12s that are you know 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 roster spots deep. Um, but yeah, I do just want to go over uh, some things we've learned. I thought really the big takeaway on Wednesday as far as like pickups goes, and I headlined DeAndre Hunter uh, as a big pickup. Uh, I know Matt Strelp has been banging the the, the Hunter drum uh, all season, so shouts to him. Uh, he has really kind of clicked, and it was kind of a culmination uh, of him going off on Wednesday because it was a pretty clear trend of usage rate going up for him. Um, this is obviously heavily tied to Kevin Herter going down. Um, so that's kind of why he's busting out, I would say. So in the last four games, he's had a 20.4 usage rate in three of those four. That didn't happen in any of his first 10 games. 
Uh, his steals are way up. Uh, again, skewed by a six steal game. Uh, he's at 1.8 steals uh, per game in the last four. Just 0.4 uh, in the first 10, so that's clicking. Um, bigger pace, 5.3 pace boosted, boost. Um, true shooting's jump up, 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 jumped up 8%. Um, minutes increase as well. Um, yeah, uh, it's just coming together, man. We knew he was a talented dude. You know I love the Hawks system, so... Uh, he's pretty much must own. He was 22% owned yesterday. Um, I would imagine that's up. Uh, and then Cam Reddish actually played pretty well. Um, he's still not quite like where I'm ready to add him and be excited about it. But we love improvement, right? Uh, so he had that goose egg on the on the 10th. And then since, points scored going from then to now. 0, 5, 9, 12, 13. And then the career high 17 on, Tuesday, on excuse me, Wednesday night. So... Um, big stuff. Yeah, he's still been horrible at the rim. Uh, that has to come up. Uh, he's, he's cutting down on his mid-range shots. That's big. And I thought it was interesting on, I want to say Tuesday, uh, the, the Hawks Beats guys were showing Lloyd Pierce working out with Cam Reddish one-on-one in like an empty gym. I love that. Uh, Lloyd, For those who don't know, Lloyd Pierce, is, he kind of came up in Summer League. He was the head coach there. And he was like, and I used to go to Summer League. Um, to interview and stuff and get all the sound bites. He was like the best at describing like developmental guys to me. So uh, I have a lot of faith in Lloyd Pierce in developing these guys. So again, Hunter's a for sure add. Reddish is like, you know, if you want to kind of add him to see where it goes kind of a thing. And you're you're probably talking like 14, 16 teamers. But um, yeah, great sign. I have him in my 30 man. I actually benched him this week. Um, so yeah, uh, hopefully I can keep playing him consistently. So, um, yeah, I do like him. Uh, and then, you know, Damian Jones had a big weekend. It's kind of cooled off a little bit. But um, I still think he's an okay pickup. Like, I'd obviously much rather have Kamrich or Jackson Hayes or something like that. But I'm um, definitely feeling that. Uh, moving on, I guess. Let's see here. Uh, let's talk some Spurs here. So, obviously, really surprising to see DeJounte Murray come off the bench uh, against the Wizards, against a really fast-paced team where... I was kind of excited to write DeJounte's blurb going into the night. I was like, all right, I'm recapping this game. See how DeJounte does against Wizards who are playing so much faster this year. It's going to be smash. No. Um, so Greg Popovich cited the lack of offense uh, to make two substitutions to his first unit. Obviously, the Patty Mills for DeJounte. And then there's Trey Lyles obviously getting pulled out for Jakob Perdu, who played great. Get to him in a second. So just go with DeJounte. So first half was a disaster. He only played six minutes, didn't look good, was pretty much just bowing out to DeMar DeRozan and whoever else was out there on the court. Um, by the way, Derek Wright didn't play. Uh, sounds like he's going to maybe miss a little bit more time. But, yeah. So, again, in, in the second half, it looked like they were going to play. He checked in midway third. I want to say six minutes left in the third. And he was hot. Getting, uh, getting in the paint, pushing the ball, all the things we saw early. Dejounte even hit a three, uh, getting in passing lanes, like super, super aggressive, pressing up on Bradley Beal, pressing, pressing up on Ishmael, all this stuff we wanted to see on Dejounte, and it looked like they were, oh, Spurs are making a run, and then all of a sudden, Wizards got hot, pushed the lead to ten, with you know four minutes left, something like that, and I thought Dejounte was going to close prior to that, but that didn't happen. Um, put Mills back in, and that was it. So actually. Backtracking a little bit more, I want to say about seven minutes left, I saw Bryn Forbes about to check in, and I was like, ah, it's going to be for DeJounte, so much for that. And it was for Mills. So I was like, oh, baby, here we go. But, yeah, so DeJounte, another guy who's like a clear, clear buy low, 
Uh, he still looks really healthy. The Spurs are bad, man. They've lost seven straight, longest in the NBA. They're just horrible. Um, they can't defend. Um, there's just we talked. I talked about this on a, on my Monday guest pod with uh, shout out to Jude Dinkmeyer and D- Davis Maddock. I love those guys. But um, yeah, we talked about how they're like twenty percent of their scoring's mid range. It's not working in today's NBA. They just need a massive overhaul. So yeah, hang on to Dejounte. Uh, I guess pick up Patty Mills if you need a point guard. I'd prefer Shaq Harrison, who we'll get to in a second. But yeah, um, we know Patty Mills can get hot again. This team is just in dire straits. We know Pop is. He's, I think last this time last week he was like saying, "Oh yeah, we're sticking with our starting five. They've been good." Now he, I think he knows it. Like you've, because you've seen that lineup really struggle. I think Trey Lyles is going to get booted entirely um, from the rotation down seven minutes. And I've kind of always said that it made so much more sense to play Damari Carroll, uh, a guy really switchable can can guard any position except for the five, even can guard smaller fives. Let's have used him at the five before uh, over in Brooklyn. So. Just makes more sense to play him. Um, but then the Alcaparta was good. Uh, and we know he could block shots. Um, keep in mind, the Spurs, maybe, even though with the Aldrich extension, maybe they try to trade him. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, obviously, in, on the trade block. So a lot of ways for DeJounte, Jakob um super deep. Um, Lonnie Walker, maybe Derek White, only, I believe, seven minutes of overlap with him and DeJounte. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. But, yeah, it's kind of open season, man. And I, I always say this. You know, these bad teams, that's where you're going to find your waiver wire value. And it's weird that the Spurs are, like, quickly becoming that team with how poorly they played out. And I, I was not a Spurs believer, not for the reasons that they're really struggling. But, um, yeah, I, I think they're not going to make the playoffs. I think Pop Streak's going to end. So um, they just have some, like kind of like Jaron Jackson Jr., but as a team. They just have so many things going wrong right now. Okay, so moving on from that. I uh, mentioned Shaq Harrison. Baller. Um, really one of the streamer lines of the night. Uh, and we love Shaq Harrison here. Uh, I am routinely a Shaq Harrison streamer slash ad person uh, when he gets chances. And he got chances. This guy's 6'7". Can guard threes for sure. Um, and the Bulls are playing fast, man. Uh, actually, the Chandler Hutchinson lineup before he got hurt, that was... Uh, among, I think, like, 30-minute sample lineups or something like that. That was the fastest in the NBA. Like, they were really playing fast with that lineup. So, putting Harrison out there in that style that is extremely working in his favor is great. Um, Pistons aren't very good, but, yeah, Shaq Harrison, add him. Uh, I, I think he may, again, Wally Pip, Chandler Hutchinson, Otto Porter, two weeks plus, um, again, say this all the time, Otto Porter, they told us they were going to manage him. He's hurt. They're going to manage him even more when he comes back. So I can really see Shaq Harrison getting bigger minutes. And then maybe, just maybe, Jim Boylan will stop playing this freaking Kobe White, Chris Dunn, Archidiakno lineup all the time. Like, break it up, buddy. The lineup doesn't work. So, um, it's, I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah, so he's a red-hot pickup right now, really. Competitive leagues, he's been added everywhere. He got added, like, that night uh, he got started in, in my leagues. Mo- some by me. But, uh, yeah, so he looks really good. Um, I love him a lot. Um, again, uh, a lot to go around here um, with how thin they're getting on the wing, too. So uh, they don't want to play Thad Young at the three. So, again, big, big opportunity for him uh, after basically being out of the rotation. So it's really uh, – you love, you love to see it when guys go from – guys we want to see – Get smash minutes out of the blue. So, um, yeah, love Shaq Harrison. 
Um, Daniel House is out. Uh, ran into a Nick, Nikola Jokic screen. Um, sounds like he's going to miss time. So Ben McLemore pretty much your stream du jour or the weekend until we see House back. I don't think it's as bad as the Kevin Herters of the world. Zach Collins as well. The, the bad ones where it looked like, oh boy, here comes surgery and a month out or whatever for Herter, who's still out for you know two plus weeks, probably a little bit longer. Too bad, by the way, on Herter. Herter was really starting to get going. But, um, yeah, um, so he's a good pickup. Rockets, we know they play so, so fast. Uh, the tuck the tuck wagon lineup with Eric Gordon, who's out, is the fastest lineup in the NBA. Only 24-minute sample uh, on them, so they don't meet that Bulls criteria I mentioned earlier. But they're, like, at 126 pace. Like, it's just it's insane. So, um, yeah, uh, Rockets are going to be a fantasy factory. Uh, obviously, Harden is really the the – the foreman and everything. Uh, uh, he runs like he like runs the factory and he's like all, does all the jobs. But um, it's, it's a factory nonetheless. So yeah, uh, Draymond Green another injury and this is right heel soreness. So if you're not familiar, so he had Kai Bowman fall on him under the basket on Tuesday night on the front end of a back to back. Sat on the bench, had the trainer look at him, put his shooting sleeve on, did return, looked okay, and then all of a sudden nothing on the injury report. Uh, and all of a sudden pregame news. Kerr's like, up, oh, you know, he's got keel soreness, and then he's eventually ruled out. So that's bad, man. Foot injuries on players, older players, is, like, t- terrifying. So we'll see if he plays. He's, I think he's no chance he plays in back-to-backs now. Like, yeah, I, I'd be, like, he's seriously, like, Kawhi, Kawhi status, and he's not the caliber player Kawhi is, so, like, Man, I don't even know how low I would sell on Draymond right now, but it, it would be really, really, really low. Like Kendrick Nunn for sure, um, easily Devonte Graham. Like I don't even, I don't even know how low I would go. Like that's not even like no brainers. Like maybe I, Kendrick Williams. Like <laughs> it's like any like anybody that has any sort of long season promise. Like, I think that's kind of where you're at on Draymond Green. So, uh, it, it, the wheels have just fallen off so bad. They had the worst net rating in the NBA. Um, you know, they're headed to the lottery. We know this. And I think Steph's like, bad news for Steph. You know, it's rough. But good news, obviously, Eric Pascal is kind of locked and loaded. He was already, they already, they had to find him in it. So, they were basically playing Draymond at point guard just so they could unleash Eric Pascal. So, he's good to go. Kai Bowman's really the pickup from this fallout. Um, Alec Burks has been pretty good. Uh, keep an eye. We talked about this on the, um, my guest Monday spot, um, and actually on Tuesday slash Wednesday with Strope. Like, keep an eye out on Jacob Evans in deep leagues. If you have an open IR spot in a deep league, possibly worth a flyer. He's still out for a little bit. Uh, and then Kevon Looney, uh, rejoining the team this weekend, probably still not going to play. And if he does, I would expect a lot of limits. So, uh, if you pick him up, you're going to have to take him off your IR, and then you're going to have to really probably deal with, like, top, 200 top 250 like barely usable stuff um but i, I do like looney i've always liked looney uh, obviously with the injuries that uh, his upside severe and his downsides really falling out but uh, i do like what, what i'm seeing from him um that kind of sums it up i guess willie collie stein's been really good so uh, props to anybody who picked him up i'm not a collie stein guy and i think he's going to trend down so i would love to try to trade high trade a high on him uh, I guess let's talk about the Clippers really quick. So we kind of learned, and we talked about this going in. I was like, yo, I hope Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell had bad games out of the gate. And Harrell did. Like, Harrell didn't shoot the ball well. Bad matchup against the Celtics interior defense. But the minutes were still there. Lou Williams was tremendous. Lou Williams is going to be good um, because of the minutes increase. Uh, and then Pat Beverly, oh boy, um, really outshined Paul George and 
Kawhi and, and what a, what a game by the way. So um, yeah, um, kind of is what it is. We know that Paul George and Kawhi are going to smash when they play. Uh, Kawhi not an injury report by the way. That's good news. So um, if you have Kawhi, and I imagine if you listen to this podcast, you don't. But um, if you did, then your plan is basically he doesn't have back to backs for a little bit. I don't think so. You know, a couple weeks maybe you could flip him uh, for maybe top ten. Um, now, I, I no question I would trade him for Drew Holiday today. I mean, I'm kind of biased on that, but like you're putting yourself in harm's way so much down the line that um, you know if your team's good with Kawhi, like again I've said this many times, like the probability that they just rest him for the last month of the season is like maybe ten percent. Like that's that's high, you know, and, and maybe that's a made up number on my part, but like. That is definitely in the range of outcomes, even if he's healthy. And this is we saw this last year too. Like he's a year older. This degenerative knee thing. We already found out. Well, like oh yeah, we're gonna play him back to back. That's bogus, man. We knew this all along. So like again, all bets are off for how much he plays late in the season. So yeah, okay. I think that kind of covers anything else. Yeah, that's good for the the clips. Uh, moving on to other Wednesday stuff. Uh, Duncan Robinson, man, twenty one points in the second quarter. So. The Heat lineup, I think they're like plus 25 net rating. It's, I think, the third best lineup in the NBA with 48 minutes. Something It's top five. It's been really, 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 really good. So what happens when Justice Winslow comes back, man? Like, Duncan Robinson is a great fit uh, with this offense. Bam out of bio, really good at kicking out, really good as a, uh, on screen plays to open up catch-and-shoot guys because he runs so wide and the help, the help comes in, like, Duncan Robinson getting so many clean looks is just a function of this offense, which has been such a beautiful offense. So, uh, I'm not quite sold on him. Uh, like, I, I'm I'm a little bit more sold on someone like Dante DiVincenzo carving out a role than, say, Duncan Robinson would, just because DiVincenzo kind of does so many things, and Robinson's really just a catch-and-shoot guy, maybe like a mini Corver kind of a player. But, yeah, so I'm not totally pumped about adding him. Uh, Bam looks great. Jimmy Butler is insane. He's not even hitting shots right now, and he's still been top ten per game, just because his uh, his defensive stats have been out of this world. Career high in assists. Again, the Heat offense is going to be. We do this again. Uh, just fantasy fest, man. Their defense is playing. Um, they're one of the fastest in uh, possessions allowed off defensive rebounds. Um, teams are trying to run up against them. It's not really working because Bam gets back so well. But yeah, um, lots of like there. Dragic has been. Kind of, eh, like I mentioned, I dropped him for Ken Birch, so he's going to be just kind of like fine. But um, uh, Tyler Hero bounced back. I still have faith in him. Um, I think you're going to really need an injury um, to somebody else, like Butler or some or Drogic or somebody like that, to really unlock him. But again, like if he's holding value at top 150 and he has a path to a bigger role, like that's fine. You know, you don't want to have too many of those guys in your roster, obviously, but. You know, if he's like one or two guys that you're doing that with, then I think you're still fine. Uh, he's still pretty highly owned, by the way. Uh, okay, so moving on. Uh, concerned about Kyrie Irving. You know, not practicing with this uh, right shoulder thing. Obviously, a shooting issue. Can't you know? Can't play through it. Um, probably, man. It, it's rough. He's probably gonna get load managed later in the season. So yeah, um, be careful on him. Uh, Dinwiddie obviously must own. Joe Harris must own. Uh, Jared Allen was tremendous uh, in the last game. Smash spot against the Hornets. Horrible interior defense. Get to that in a second. But yeah, it kind of is what it is. Musa um, has been pretty good. Uh, Pinson spot minutes for DFS punts possibilities. 
And yeah, uh, that's kind of it. I did see uh, Nick Claxton got booted from the rotation in the last game with Torian Prince playing well, so that was kind of sad. Thought it was a little bit of a matchup uh, against you know a smaller front court um, in Charlotte. So hopefully Claxton's back for the next one. So yeah. Okay, so did want to kind of go over some kind of bad lineups. Um, we want to keep an eye out on this because when this happens, there's more likely to be changes to these lineups. Um, uh, for one, the Dwayne Bacon lineup was really bad, so there was a change made to that without being Devontae Graham. However, uh, the Devontae Graham lineup has been pretty bad as well. Obviously, you're not a very good team. And you haven't been playing well since that 4-3 and three start, so you're going to have a bad net rating. But... Um, Devontae, you know, he's missing the shots a little bit. He's still obviously fine. Like, you're going to give him the really leash for the season um, as a pickup. Maybe even a buy-low guy. But um, I guess what comes into play here is, like, P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges, um, they're kind of having a tough time coexisting. Miles Bridges got a little bit of a boost in the last couple games because of P.J. Washington foul trouble. Uh, And then also, uh, I've said this before, but if you remember, back in early October, I want to say, James Borrego was saying, hey, we want to really play interior defense very well and then figure out the rest. You know, if we give up threes, okay, but we don't want to give up easy layups. They've been, like, the worst interior defense in the league. So I think that's part of the reason why we've seen Cody Zeller really lose minutes. And I- I'm nervous about Cody Zeller. Like, I-, I would drop him for any of these hot guys we're talking about picking up, like Kimmich Williams, whoever, whoever. But And again, we knew this, man. Like, you added, you had, you drafted Cody Zeller, you got two good weeks out of him. You knew he was going to fall off. Like, they told us this. So, yeah, careful there. Bismack Biombo's kind of eating into him. I think they're going to want to play P.J. Washington at the 5. Brago has said as much. They want to try him at the 5 a little bit more. Uh, Nick Batum coming back may make that even more likely now. So, yeah, it's kind of rough. Like, Malik Monk's kind of lost his mojo. Uh, Cody Martin, deep leagues, he's done. Got DMPCD last game. So it's really it's kind of tough sledding besides Devontae. I would still hold on to Miles Bridges because we know he can block, he can shoot threes, he can really do a lot of things and dunk and all this good good stuff. So um, as I said on Tuesday, probably not one of my biggest misses uh, besides Levert that, I, that I'm most furious about. Um, but yeah, not, not Drew Holiday anymore, guys. Anyways, <laughs> so... Yeah, that kind of covers them. Uh, the Hawks lineup's been really bad. The Jabari and Damian Jones lineup, they've been getting smashed. So I don't really know what they can do. Obviously, you're not going to pull Jabari. I don't really think you're going to pull out Damian Jones because they really like Alex on the bench, but maybe. So uh, keep an eye out on that. Um, you know, Maybe we get um, somebody swapped out for Reddish, or I don't think they would take Hunter out. But, um, yeah, uh, keep an eye out for that. And then the Pistons lineup's been really bad. The Brown, Kennard, Snell, Morris, Drummond lineup has been terrible. Uh, obviously, Blake is Blake looked terrible, by the way. Uh, he he was just not moving well, and we knew this again. Like Blake's, if you have Blake, man, you, you need to figure out how to trade him after a big game. That's like objective one, two, and three. If you have him again, if you listen to this pod, like I'm pretty sure you don't. Uh, and then the Spurs starters have been bad with Forbes, uh, so we kind of saw that with Trey Lyles coming out. So. Uh, keep an eye out on more Spurs. Again, this is what we said earlier. Like Bad teams struggling are looking for answers, man. So that means lineup changes. That means minute changes. So you got to kind of be a step ahead um, and kind of know who to pick up uh, from these bad lineups. With the Pistons, as far as pickups go, I guess it would be Christian Wood, right? Like Blake goes down. Markeith Morris is dinged up. Markeith Morris doesn't really play through injuries. So I could see a lot of things kind of going his way um, to get Christian Wood minutes. So... Uh, keep an eye out for him. All right, I think that'll do it 
Uh, I guess let's go over my pickups really quick, just because uh, if you wanted some um, other news uh, to break down, there's kind of a lot going on. Uh, so let me see who I didn't talk about. I talked about Shaq, talked about Birch, talked about Bowman. Yeah, I talked about mostly everybody. Let's see, who didn't I talk about? Duncan I talked about, Mills. Yeah, I got, oh, Mikhail. yeah. Okay, that's good. Uh, Daniel Gafford, actually, I didn't talk about him. So I think he has the lock, locked down the backup center minutes. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. looks good, so obviously he won't unseat him. There's zero chance of that. But Gafford, you know, dunk happy guy. I mentioned the pace. I uh, love to see that. So, um, you know, kind of on the radar, more of a stash, I guess. But the Bulls are bad, so he's going to get garbage time, I think, here and there. And he could be productive in his permanent output. So, can block shots really well, too. So, uh, Terrence Davis, by the way, been really, really good. Uh, very heavily garbage time weighted here. Uh, 18 points per game. 11 of those are in garbage time. Five assists. In garbage time, uh, one assist per, per non-garbage time. So, um, yeah, uh, that's a little bit of, a, of an issue there. Uh, Brad Wanamaker is actually kind of locked down the backup point guard job. So, uh, you know, super deep, streamy kind of a guy. Um, maybe looking for garbage time in a big spread game uh, for DFS punting. But, you know, he played well in the Clippers game. Um, I think the whole... Uh, he's clearly beat out Javante, Javante Green. Um, Grant Williams hasn't been used as much as a four as I thought. So, yeah, it looks like Wanamaker's the guy uh, of, of the Gordon Hayward fallout, which, you know, is going to last a couple more weeks, and that's kind of it. So um, Wanamaker has played pretty much behind Kemba with Marcus Smart no longer being the backup point guard per se. All right, so I think we're going to get out of here on that. Uh, I need a glass of water. I'm losing my voice here, so... You guys enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the night. A lot of games tonight and tomorrow. Heavy back-to-back. It's going to be a lot of rest. So it should be a really fun DFS slate. So you guys take care and enjoy that. Catch you next time.